0: Good morning, Arizona. It's almost sunrise. Beautiful Sunday morning out there, and uh hope you're enjoying the day. Time to grab the cup of coffee and uh, call Julia. Yes, she's here. She's smiling, and she's wonderful. The number to call Julia, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. You can lead the direction of this program. Yes, we don't prepare anything. We just show up and pick a few songs. But while we're picking our few songs, uh, there are some thoughts and things to do this time of year. You know, it's uh, that transition period. I doubt we're going to have a freeze. You know, last week uh, we kind of forecasted it be a little cold, but cold's over. Looks like uh, we're going to warm up, get nice and warm here later in the week in the 80s. So a lot to do, a lot to pay attention to right now. It's the time that you want to get your winter pruning done and finished. Um, You might not want to take the trip up to the mountains today to play in the snow. Might be a better day to avoid the traffic and prune those trees. Maybe your rose bushes, your grapevines, uh, anything deciduous because yeah. <laughs> With 80 degrees, you know, at the end of the week, things are going to bud out. You know, most things here uh, are waiting for spring, and spring is springing. We could talk about planting gardens. It's the perfect time to get out and get your garden, till some earth, prep some soil, plant some seeds. If you want to grow your melons and things from seeds, uh, I would plant this week. The soil is going to be warm enough. They should germinate, come right up. You can pre-soak if you like to, but either way, it should be warm enough for your seeds to come up. Whatever your dreams might be, you know, this is a time to be out and enjoy something in Arizona. It's uh, it's beautiful weather here, and uh, it's only going to get warmer from here, and uh, that's going to really help all of our plants come out. You know, the citrus is starting to bud. It's a good time to fertilize. If you miss Valentine's Day, plants don't know the difference. A couple weeks don't make a lot of difference, and hasn't been warm enough to grow yet anyway, but it's certainly going to be now. So all of your spring fertilizing, spring pruning, you know, if you had plants that were frosted a little bit, you can prune them now, or you might just wait till next week, let them bud out, you know, kind of get a little hint of life. Going and and after that come back and prune. Anyway, lead the direction of the show. Give us a call if you've got suggestions, something different you're growing at home. Would love to hear from you. Plenty of styles. A lot more tropical plants being grown here than we had in you know years past because we haven't had as many hard freezes. And uh, there's certainly plants here coming from all over the world. Now, if you're going to bring plants in, you could do that, but you need to talk to the USDA or the Arizona Department of Agriculture. Don't just load them in your basket and bring them to the alley because you could with your plant bring some disease and pests that we don't want to see here. You know, one of the big, you know, advantages we have living here in the desert is the fact that it's 115 and 118 in a dry heat in the summertime. That does kill a lot of our insects, but uh, no reason to risk bringing other ones. If you're going to bring a plant to Arizona from somewhere else, call the USDA or call the Arizona State, Arizona Department of Agriculture, especially if it's domestic and they can uh, give you information on what to do. We're going to take our first caller this morning, Tom out in Waddell. Hello, Tom.
1: Good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. I had a couple of questions. Um, I'm an irrigated flood irrigation property. I have a mesquite tree out uh, uh, where my horses are that I've got a fence around. to keep them from eating the bottom. is about three years old planted um, from a, a box. Anyway, I've got two big branches coming up and now they're splitting down the middle of the tree. So, advice: Should I cut one of those branches, the smaller of the two branches, off?
0: That would probably Um, be in order, Tom. You know, the thing is with a mesquite: if you're going to have it there for a long time, make a big tree. If you would remove that weak point, uh, it'll make a stronger Mm -hmm. tree. So, I I, I, I would prune it off, and it's you know, it's better to prune it now than to wait. Right. Okay. Will do.
1: And then the second question I
0: have also in
1: in flood irrigation is my queen palms. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure how long they've been there. Over 10 years before I got the house. But the the new fronds come out and they die pretty quickly. And sometimes they'll last. But... I'm guessing maybe a fungus or something.
0: Well, it can be a fungus. It can be a deficiency, and, and manganese is kind of a problem for them. But, you know, it might be the time yeah. to change them out. <laughs> maybe it's the time to say, hey, queen palms just don't like it here as well as they used to. And, uh, yeah. you know, the summer two years ago was really hard on them. And what it was first, it was heat stress, you know, just for the plant. And then when they were right. weak, they right. got a fungus, and a lot of them succumbed to the fungus. But, you know, if you're in love with them, you can treat them. Uh, I would fertilize them heavily right now. I would pick up some okay. manganese spikes and put manganese spikes in around them, and uh, then uh-huh. I'd be prepared to treat the uh, the tops uh, per fungus this summer. You can do it two ways. You could either use a systemic and try a little Monterey disease control, which is a bacteria that eats fungus, and you could put that uh-huh. around the tree in the base and up in the crown, or the traditional way is copper sulfate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, good. I, I made it through this, uh, the brutal summer. They stayed alive, and I was I was I was happy with that. And then, you know, but they've always been struggling. I've been there for a little over three years, and they've always struggled. And and I do buy the um, the, the palm tree spikes. Yeah. Which I'm assuming have manganese in amount maybe They enough, should but be. I mean, anything you buy yet. a
0: fertilizer should have it on there. And that's the main thing that queen palms need that's deficient in our soil. Right. Some places around they can be magnesium and other things and iron and different things too. But iron will always right. help. Manganese is critical. But a balanced fertilizer will probably have enough iron and magnesium. But the manganese is what right. you want to give them in addition, you know, abundance. I'll tell you what you might want to think okay. about doing those one of these days changing them out for some mule palms. And uh, the big advantage to the mule palms is they're a queen palm cross with a pendo. They look more tropical uh-huh. than the queens. They don't get as big. And uh, they seem to really thrive here even through the heat.
1: Okay. Well, that's something I'll consider, especially if I lose one. Because right, there's three of them that, you know, <laughs> will look odd if one of them dies. So uh, that's why I'm trying to keep them alive. But I appreciate it. Well, I enjoyed the show, Brian. Thanks for taking my Thanks call. Thanks for
0: being our first caller. Bye-bye. Uh, Kathy out in Chandler. Good morning, Kathy
2: morning i have two questions i had a i have a ficus tree that got hit pretty bad with that heat two summers ago and it has come back i've fertilized it but it has a lot of dead branches on the inside little you know the dead twigs Mm -hmm. i'm wondering if i should be cutting those off and how i can encourage some growth In the inside of the tree.
0: Well, in the inside of the tree, when there's not any more light, it's not going to come back and grow anymore. But if they're bothering you, you can certainly clean them up and remove them all. This would be a great time of year to do so. But with ficus trees, the outer shell gets so dense that the interior, you know, limbs and branches and things are all going to thin out naturally as the tree gets larger.
2: Okay. And my second question is, have you heard of a Rangoon creeper vine? I had two lady banks vines huge that it had for years on a west-facing wall and they also got fried during that horrible summer and I'm thinking of replacing them with a it's called a Chinese honeysuckle do you think it would do okay with the afternoon sun? Well
0: I, I doubt it's going to be as hardy as the banks you know lady banks rows are, are super hardy um, you know why, why they succumbed is because they didn't have enough water and because the plants yes. were big they drained the soil they had nothing left and they go ah you, did, you forgot about me over here. <laughs> or maybe you are on a vacation, away from the heat. <laughs> but it, I was. I was. Yeah, if you're, yeah, it just was really hot and long dry summer. But uh, I'm not familiar with that one particularly, and so I couldn't really tell you for sure. But the easiest thing to grow on the west side is a Bougainvillea. Okay. And the Bougainvilleas would have right. really survived even had they not had water while you were gone. Yes,
2: they all survived, but the banks Died, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, they, they require a little more water. Well, Kathy, thank yeah. you. Have a nice Sunday.
2: Thank you. Bye.
0: Uh, Sioux City, Sue, good morning.
3: Good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm over here, um, not in the center of Phoenix, but, anyways, my tree in the backyard, I don't know why I even told you that, uh, something is eating it. Okay. And I mean, just. Really devouring it.
0: Eating the foliage, the um, bark? What part of the tree is a consumer? The just bark. The bark? The bark. Okay.
3: Yep, the bark. And I want to send you a picture because it's just too hard for me to describe. Okay. You can send um, it to I'm the Woodfield Nursery
0: website and we can take a look at it. But what type of tree is it, Sue?
3: I think it's a mesquite. It's, it's the kind she's um, starting to... Not butt out now. she's got these little tiny green berries on me on her, and her trunk is twisted, and the bark is very rough. Okay. Um, you could almost peel it back.
0: Well, it sounds like it could be a mesquite, but uh, at any rate, with mesquites, a lot of them had problems two years ago in the summer when we had the dry summer and were attacked by boars, and the boars can get into them, and they'll kill the woods, and the bark will flake and fall off. The tree's natural defense mechanism against boars is to be healthy and vigorous, and then it can drown them in sap if it's healthy, but when they don't have water, and we had that period, you know, almost two years ago, they couldn't put out enough sap to defend themselves, so the boars won, and uh, the tree... Yeah, can it's, come not, back, it's not an insect. It's I'm not an so insect. Sorry. Is that. it? Is it? They no. can chunks of bark off. Yeah. Okay. Is it when it when the bark comes off? Is there bark still underneath, or does it come back to the wood?
3: Uh there's some bark underneath it. Um, it looks like it's been nibbled on. And I am. I've got. I've had a couple pest control companies out this week, mm-hmm. thinking that it might be rodents. Okay, um, And they said they've never seen rodents, you know, really attack a tree like this. Well, right you know, rodents will so eat, eat the of bark off netting.
0: of trees, but but then they'll consume the bark and then eat it down to the wood and it would be clean. Um, but as far as yes. just knocking bark off loosely, they wouldn't do that. So if you could send a picture but, to the website. Um,
3: I will. I will. will take a look at it and I follow will. up with
0: you. Have a nice it's day.
3: so hard. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Bye, Sue. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have a couple lines open. We have the lovely Julia back here on Phones and Music. Uh, you can give her a call at 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR.
4: He's a real man
0: This beautiful Sunday morning, the sun has risen. I can see it in the mountains of sunny Flo. You know, this is the most fun studio on the planet because I get to sit out here and look over the mountains that I climbed as a kid quite make the distance on them these days like i used to anyway happy sunday welcome back to the whitfield nursery garden show where we do have one line open julia back here smiling uh you can give her a call at 602-277-5827-277-ktar take our next caller mike and mesa good morning michael hello brian yes sir yeah uh, i've got
5: a couple of questions uh first the Something seems to be eating the leaves on my uh, little orange trees in back, but not not touching the lemon tree right next door. But eating the leaves of the lime and I or the orange tree. I can't really see anything, but it's kind of like a half
0: moon, and it's you know it's eating the leaves. Any well, idea what that is, Mike? If it's just cutting like a round circle out, it could be a grasshopper, and uh, and and they can actually the bigger grasshoppers can do quite a bit to eat them. Our, you know Down in our, our groves, we have deer that like the tangelos and not the lemons. But I, I would think if it's just a half circle it's cutting out, it's probably a uh, an insect. Now, cutter bees usually won't go for a leaf quite that thick unless it's just getting the very fresh, brand-new leaves, which I wouldn't think you'd have many on this time of year. Cutter bees could use them, but they'd much prefer something thinner like a bougainvillea. At any rate, I wouldn't yeah. be overly concerned if it's just a few of them being chomped on. Most of those types okay. of insects are going to be hard to catch. Cutter bees are the big black ones? No, those are bumblebees or, you know, woodcutter bees. Huh. But, the, but the little cutter bees that make the nest are a real small bee, and they you often see little holes in walls, especially with bougainvillea flowers, where they curl them up and they <laughs> nest in the wall.
5: Okay, thank you. And, Mike, I had one more question. Uh, Wednesday, or Thursday was it, when we had this rain here in Mesa, my 40, I got two 40-foot palm trees out front. Uh, queen palms and one of them got hit by lightning it almost knocked me off the couch that was because it's very close and it got hit by lightning and uh i'm wondering if it's going to survive it just came down the trunk of the tree and exploded it and a bunch of the, the bark blasted off of it and everything and uh i'm even looking at it right now i happen to be outside and the fronds still seem okay
0: you th- do you think it's going to survive? You know, electricity is an amazing thing, you know, and and the way it affects palm trees. I've seen it like in our date groves, hit one tree and kill five in a grid, you know, with a direct shot from lightning. I've seen, you wow. know, trees with big holes burnt down the sides and come back and be fine. You know, it's really hard to tell, you know, how it uh, goes through the tree system. And uh, so... You know, you're just going to have to wait and see. And I, I anything say, I can do, fertilize it, uh, wa- give it extra water. I, I would, I would climb up into the superstition mountains and then say a little <laughs> prayer. You know, you're not that far being out in Mesa. It's going to be a beautiful day today. You know, you can find your favorite tale in the Superstitions. And, you know, with after the rain, it's all going to be starting to get green, and next week would be better. So maybe you put the trip to the Superstitions off again. But I would get up there early before sunrise and and watch the sunrise over the Superstitions from the the, the precipice. I think you'll really have fun. Maybe I'll just go to church this morning and say a prayer there then. (laughs) It certainly won't hurt. (laughs) Hey, Mike. Have have a nice Sunday. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Uh, Bobby in Phoenix. Morning, Bobby.
6: Hi, Guy. Um, I have a neighbor. Bermuda grass is springing through. Rocks in her lawn, and she's got the poor child out there trying to dig up the roots, which she'll never do. You last week mentioned a some sort of chemical remedy it, that's it's, not a uh, killer.
0: Yes, yeah, well, it is a killer. It's fusilage.
6: Uh, no, it's a killer for the Bermuda, <laughs> but it will
0: not. It, it's fairly safe for other things, and if you follow the instructions, it's quite safe. But you could, if you buy it and find it in a fertilizer brand, it'll be called over the top. Or right. if you can find this the regular chemical, it'll be called fusilade, f u s i l a d e, or fusilade, and it's a selective herbicide that kills grasses and not, you know, dichotomous. And
6: plants. what it does is, it's the green top will take it down to mother root and kill it there. But you know, Brian, I've got thirty-year-old Bermuda grass crawling out from under the sidewalk, mm-hmm. I took it all out 30 years ago, m- manually by square footage. I did it manually. And that that grass can live
0: forever. Well, Bermuda is one of the harder things to kill, and it just takes one little seed in a rainstorm to have more come up. <laughs> but, no, uh, I know,
6: I know. Okay, that's what I need for her. Bless you for being there. It is a beautiful day. I'm going to go out and roll in the dirt or something this afternoon.
0: Have <laughs> a happy <laughs> Sunday, Bobby. Bye bye. I
6: choose to. Bye
0: bye. Oh, that leaves us with three lines open. The number to call for Miss Julia six zero two two seven seven five eight 602 277 5827 277 KTAR. Kelly and surprise. Good morning, Kelly.
7: Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you? Great. I got a couple of things for you today. Uh, uh, Roses. I'm on the outside of, like, the edge of surprise out in the desert. Mm-hmm. And and I can't grow roses out here. It saved my life, man. I've never had an issue in the past. Um, but what happens is something is eating the bark off of them. Like, every last little piece of bark, and then, of course, the plant dies. Do you know what would be doing that?
0: Well, it could be rabbits. It could be, you know, rodents like, you know, pack rats or different rats out there. But, you know, especially when we have a hot, dry summer and all the vegetation's gone, you know, a rose is a pretty tender snack for a lot of different rodents. And uh, so they'll they'll eat the leaves, the flowers, the bark, you know. They'll roll around in the flowers and take them home to their fiancé. I mean, you never know.
7: Uh, I've got a pretty, I've got a pretty, uh, tender pellet gun for those guys. I'm just waiting to see them. So. <laughs> well, and, and
0: then, uh, the rabbits are out at night and, uh, that's, you know, that's when to catch most of them. So you're going to need a, uh, infra- was- you're going to need an infrared scope for your pellet gun.
7: Yeah. No kidding, man. I didn't know they were doing that at nighttime. And, uh, are, are rust mites a thing?
0: Yeah, you can have mites. There's and a lot there's spider mites and rust mites, there's a lot of different kind of mites that feed on plants.
7: So I've got Italian cypress. I've got like six of them. One of them's been taken down already, but they seem to be infested by these little flying things.
0: Well, the spider, spider mites as as, like, really enjoy the Italian cypress. The you know the best way to to go after them is use a systemic insecticide and then wash them off frequently in the summertime because the mites.
7: These things have wings.
0: Well, there's there's other things on too, but the ones that really hurt the Italian cypress are spider mites.
7: Yeah. All right, Uh, well, these things, uh, everywhere, it seems like everywhere I have rust on the property, I have a gathering of these little bugs, man, so, I mean, rust might seem to fit the bill, if that's what they are, but I haven't been able to kill them.
0: Uh, Try some malathion, and this time of year, before it gets hot, you can mix it with some soap or some oil, and that'll make it work a lot better.
7: Malathion?
0: Mm -hmm. This is an M? Yep, malathion. You can find it, you know, it should be pretty available. Okay. All right. I'll look through that, man. All right. Thanks, Kelly. All right. you. Bye. Bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Janice in Phoenix, but after Janice, we've got three open lines. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Janice.
8: Good morning. How do you get rid of tree roots that are growing under your patio?
0: Uh, well, the best, there's going to be two things to do. Number one is sever them. And this is the time of year for most trees when it's the best time to cut them off. And then you have to, you know, make sure there's not a place where they're you're a- attracting them. You know, so if you have water under your patio and moisture, they're going to want to go towards that moisture. What type of tree do you have, Janice?
8: It's uh, and mesquite.
0: Okay. And the tricky part with chilians is they're not necessarily a deep-rooted mesquite. And you may find that if you just cut the big root, the tree could fall over. So what you'd want to do is prune the tree and then chop off the root. You could do that all this time of year.
8: So just chop off the
0: roots and the but ground? What you, yes, but what you would want to do first is you would want to reduce the size of the tree. Because what happens with Chilean mesquites, different than, you know, like American mesquites or native mesquites, they're surface-rooted trees, so a lot of their roots are going to be up on the surface. And if you have a very large root and you cut it off and then you have a windstorm, the tree may fall on your house or your patio. So you'll want to prune the tree first and reduce the size of the tree. Uh, by, well, it's very pruned. It's been pruned. Okay. So that's done. So if that's done, then just go ahead and cut the root, and you can certainly do it this time of year.
8: Okay. Do I need to put anything down so they don't come back?
0: Well, you can put a border in. You know, you could put, like, a, a vinyl border in, or you could put, you know, some type of a border so not going to grow through. Well,
8: they've actually come under my fence.
0: Okay, from a neighbor's property or your property?
8: No, they're outside the fence.
0: Okay. So you'd want to cut them off on the outside of the fence. You know, you'd want to take the roots out, you know, as close to the tree as you can. If they're coming through a fence 10 or 15 feet and up through this patio, I would prune the roots on the outside of the fence. So you might be pruning the root back, you know, 10 or 15 feet, but take it off where it attaches to the trunk. And that's why I say you really want to make sure you reduce the, you know, the size of the tree so it doesn't get wind pressure and blow over. Okay. All right. So
8: just cut them. You don't have to put any root barrier or anything down? No, you
0: can. I mean, the reason why they're going there is because there's water there. So I don't know if you have a hose bib there that leaks or a planter that you water okay. a lot, but there's lot.
8: If you put root barrier down, how do you do it? What is it? Well, I don't can, know anything about Well, you can about. trench it.
0: You know, you can just trench and just go down, you know, a couple feet to where there's not going to be any more moisture. And you can use just a plastic sheeting. You could use a, like a root cloth if you want to. Um, you know, any kind, there's, there's fabric made for that. So you can just put the fabric down in the trench and that'll work fine. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Janice. Bye-bye. Uh, All right, take a short break. No, we're not. We're going to the news. We got John Roller here. I forgot. We got our hero. Yeah, we got 18 seconds. We're going to check in with ABC News uh, on
5: the latest on the Russian Ukraine situation. Uh, just over the wire, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky saying today he and a Ukrainian delegation will meet with Russia. Let's get the latest from ABC News. <laughs>
0: Folks, welcome back on this beautiful Sunday morning. We do have a couple lines open. The number to call, Julia, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Frida in North Phoenix. Good morning, Frida. Hello, Frida. Well, we're going to put Frida on hold. She may be listening to life in the fast lane still. Next, we'll go to Jeff and Goodyear. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Brian, how are you this morning? Good, sir. How are you?
10: Good. Hey, so we started this last week, and I got cut off there because your show was ending. So I'm back to the CISO tree. Um, I have I live in a subdivision with an HOA, and I have a CISO tree that's been in a spot for about five years that is gargantuan. It's tearing up the sidewalk. It's doing all kinds of crazy stuff and we're required to have a tree but the ultimate question is getting rid of it and how true is it that there's a chemical out there that once you take it out you got to find a root you have to drill a hole in it you have to spend a bazillion dollars to make sure you kill all these roots and the I guess the list just you know, on Jeff, and on. You know, Jeff, what you
0: can do is actually if when you cut the tree down, you know, you can take, brush the stump right along the cambium layer, the outside edge of the bark, and, and the chemical goes right into the tree system from that point and, and kills the tree. But you need to put it on right as you cut the tree, with the cuts fresh and open. And it'll go systemically. The tree will take it right in by itself and do all that work, and it won't have to be drilling the holes and those other fun things. Oh, I guess we lost him. Well, we'll try Frida again. But after Frida, we do have three or four open lines. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Hi, Frida. Hi, Brian. How are you this morning? Wonderful. you?
8: Good, good. Um, I'm looking at a really ghastly, overgrown, uh, what do you call it, cat's claw. Vine. And it takes over the whole everything. And how do you get rid of it? I mean, it is, I mean, at least prune it out. It's, it's just. It's disgusting looking. It's very unsightly. And I, I'll take your answer off the air.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Okay. Um, we, can, we can go off the air. I'll be on the air. You'll be off anyway. So uh, pretty much with cat's claw, you have a couple of different options. Uh, one, one is to get a hog and let him root up all the big potatoes on the bottom and dig them all out. You'd want to get it wet first. And after the hog gets the taters out, he'll be happy. You'll be happy. But more practically, uh, you can cut cat's claw back to the ground. It'll come right back with a vengeance. Uh, you can slow its growth by cutting back on the moisture that it gets. Or if you want to kill it, you want to spray it with a contact herbicide like Roundup. And you want to do that when it's actively growing. So I would probably wait two or three weeks, spray the foliage with glyphosate, and that should go into the plant system and kill it. Uh, Let's see. Next up, we've got Bert and AJ. Good morning, Bert. Hello. Hi. Hi. I have
9: a bougainvillea that last summer really got eaten up. It looked like it was just um, like something was chewing up but I could not ever see anything. Uh, It is slowly coming back but I, I I don't know. It just mm, so slow.
0: Uh, what should I do? And what could have eaten all the leaves? Well, what's going to happen is it's going to get warm here. you know. And so this is yeah. the first time it's going to be warm. We're going to be 85. Then we're going to get 95. five. are going to be 105. And then probably 115. And the higher <laughs> it is, the happier that bougainvillea bee is going to be. So it's going to oh. come back and come back with a vengeance this uh, spring. And then this summer, though, again, if it, it happens like it has the last three or four years, it's going to be attacked by caterpillars, which will consume it once more. So what you'll want to do is just, if you want to fertilize it like a couple weeks from now as it's warmer, it will grow back faster. Prune it, clean it up, let it grow. And then in August, uh, whenever the little caterpillars attack and you notice it's starting to be devoured, there's a product called BT or Bacillus thungensis. And it's about, BT? Uh-huh. And it's a... BT and boy, in tom? Yep, Brian Thomas. Anyway, you spray the uh, the foliage with this BT. It's toxic to the caterpillars, not to you. And they'll ingest it and die. And if we uh, have a monsoon season in, around that period of time, you know, and if the rain knocks it off, then just reapply the, the Bt. It's And do that in August. Do that in August. And you can do it right as you see the first, you know, you'll start to see it being devoured. Should I cut? Back
9: should I cut the branches back that don't have leaves, or or but they do look like they're slowly coming back. But. well,
0: if the wood's green, it's all going to re- recover, and they're going to come back very quickly. And like I say, once once it gets warm, you know, we're going to be in the eighties. It'll start to bud out this week, and if it stays in the eighties, oh. it'll grow pretty fast. Okay,
9: and where do I get this BT
0: at? You can buy it anywhere. I mean, like we have it at Whitfield Nursery. You can buy it uh, certainly. What's, like what's a, the name of your nursery? Whitfield. W H I T F I L L Whit. It's It's my grand. It was my grandfather's last name, and and so he had mostly daughters. And and, and again, spell that W W H I T F I L L. Oh, Whitfield. Okay. Like, okay, thank like, you like, so much. Like, like Whitfield, but Whitfield. And, and we, can, okay. we can tell that story on the radio Sunday too, how we all came here. But okay, better. and about watering it, does it need a lot of water? No. If it's a big, established okay. bug and be a bird, it uh, you know, really doesn't need much water. You can water it if you well, want that's to. that's
9: what I figured. I see it all over around the highways and everything, and
0: I hum. So I thought I didn't, but I had a
9: friend water, and I thought maybe that was a – No. I mean, maybe it didn't get enough.
0: It'll come back. They, they, you know, they'll be, if you're you know, watering, really, if you want them to be big and fast growing, you'd want to water them probably once every two weeks in the summertime. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bert. Have a nice weekend. Bye. That well, that leaves us with wide open phones, folks. We have Julia back here smiling. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven two seven seven 602 277 5827. 277 KTR. Beautiful morning out there, and a great time to get and do a little, little work outside. You know, now's the time to, to prune back your deciduous plants before they leaf out. Good time to fertilize just about everything from, you know, citrus to tropical plants to, you know, traditional trees, things like ashes and elms and, and all the deciduous trees. If you want them to grow fast, And be larger, you know, they need something to eat, and good balanced fertilizer goes a long way for them this time of year. You know, these plants can't read as long as you're careful not to use a weed and feed. You know, even a 21 7 14 lawn fertilizer is pretty good, you know, just in general, or you could use a 20 20 20 or 10 10 10. And, and, you know, citrus food works really well on other fruit teas and uh, palm trees as well. So, whatever your favorite fertilizer, it's a good time to put it on right now. It is going to warm up, plants are going to flush out, and uh, and they're going to grow back a lot better. Well, we're going to take a short break. During the break, you can call. The number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares. Or if you're doing something fun and different at home or have a different plant you're doing or a style, you know, we're all here to learn as well in the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR.
9: I'd like to win
0: Folks, uh, you know, I'm glad that that song came out before it was using a commercial over and over and over. Really a beautiful thought there. I'd like to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfield Nursery as well, where we grow trees, all kinds. Citrus trees, palm trees, pine trees, whatever your thoughts are. If you're looking for something uh, good to eat from your tree, some nice shade, some just beauty, maybe you want to feel more like you're hanging out in Jamaica and plant a mule palm. Whatever your desires, come out and see us. From 15-gallon trees to big 72-inch box. Palm trees from you know every desert region in the world, including our own. We have our native California fan palm. Mexican fans, Mexican blues. We have beautiful and uh, from Madagascar. We have Mulecoms that kind of started off in Argentina. Whatever your dreams are, come out and see us at Whitfield's. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. It is kind of, then we're in the East Valley of Cooper and Guadalupe and South Phoenix, 26th Street and Southern Street South of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nurseries for four generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Uh, Let's see. Next up, we've got Tom in Wickenburg. Hello, Tom. Hello. Good morning. How are you? Excellent, sir. Thanks for asking.
1: Good. Uh, My wife was in the nursery the other day, and she noticed a Mexican lime uh, actually, two different Mexican limes. One had thorns, one did not. And yep. she's asking me what the difference is. And I have an well, no idea.
0: that thornless one's really pretty and never has any fruit. So if you want to grow a Mexican oh. lime and eat the fruit on it, you want to buy a thorny one. Okay. Okay. And so thorn-
7: most of the thorns have fruit, and oh, the ones oh. without
0: don't. That's pretty much so. I don't know how we ended up having some without thorns, but certainly don't buy them from us
7: don't don't buy the ones don't buy the thornless thorns.
0: ones no you got to have thorns to have fruit thorny have means fruit. Thorny. okay that's cool. where they flower and have fruit or something i don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah great all right thank you very much for your help thanks tom bye-bye um bye-bye uh rory in phoenix good morning
7: rory hey good morning thank you um i had a question about a uh tangerine tree it's pretty established and um it's kind of getting a little overgrown, and last year the production wasn't that good, so I was curious if it's, like, too late to trim it down or if maybe it just needs more, like, a fertilizer or something just to kind of help it with better production. This R- year.
0: R- Rory, you can certainly prune it, you know, back and reduce its size and clean it up, and now is an excellent time to do so. But you'll be uh, definitely you know, reducing the crop by doing so for this year. So when you when you okay. prune a citrus this time of year, which is the best time, now is the perfect time to prune citrus, uh, you will reduce the crop. Okay. Okay. The other thing to be mindful is, of is when you're pruning or, you don't want to expose a lot of wood to the sun. And, you know, by nature, if you're doing major pruning now, you will so expose some. So you want to have the tree fertilize, fertilize it today. And if you do want to prune it back... You know, watch and see that it's starting to pop new buds and come back out. And you don't want to prune it back so far as to not have, you know, wood you know wood protected by some foliage. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Rory. Bye-bye. Have a nice weekend. Uh, Tammy and Chandler. Hello, Tammy.
11: Hi there. How are you?
0: Excellent. And you?
11: Thanks for taking my call. I have a question about Lantana. Mm-hmm. Um, last year um, I think I, I had a really bad infestation of I think male flies or like the white little flies and all of the blooms turn like this beautiful dark brown and they all look like a bunch of knots and now that it's coming back it's still not, The flowers are still not coming back. What do I need to do?
0: Well, uh, probably spray it. So you'd want to spray it with a systemic insecticide and, uh, you know, something that contains what's called inamintochloropid. Or you could actually do the same thing by feeding it with a a, a rose fertilizer, like a systemic rose fertilizer. And Mm -hmm. cut it back, fertilize it. You know, it's going to get warm. It'll come back out. But you'll need to treat for those
11: killed them, though. I mean, I did get an insecticide. I went to Whitfield Nursery and they gave me an insecticide and I did it. And I cut them all back before, you know, things started getting cold. But now that things are starting to come back, the flowers are still coming back. And when they're coming out, they, they look like a dark green and then they turn brown.
0: Well, it could be, though, Tammy, too, that, you know, we had a little frost this last week. And yeah. if there were new flowers coming out and then they all turned less last week, right after that, it might have been just enough frost to burn those flower buds too. But you'll know okay. after this week. You know, after it gets eighty five okay. and stays eighty five for a few days, you'll see if the buds start to come back out or not. And you may just have to respray. Okay. Gotcha. Thank you. Thanks, Tammy. Bye bye. Uh, Charles in Phoenix. Good morning, Charles. Good morning, Brian. I uh have
10: a Texas ebony that got eaten up by flat-headed borers uh last summer and I didn't notice until uh the fall when the leaves all turned yellow and uh since they've fallen off in the winter um now uh the tips um are pushing out new leaves um but uh I'm wondering are
0: the eggs Still there uh, well, they in go, the tree? They, they go through a life cycle where they come out and then they become like a beetle, then they come back and bore back into the tree. And uh, then the, the larvae are the worms that grow inside the tree. Um, if the wood looks, you know, it, they could still be alive in the tree very easily. If the, if the wood's, you know, pretty destroyed, pretty thin and knotty, I would prune some of it out and, and make sure you don't see any bores in there. You can treat with a systemic insecticide. And, uh, you know, the main thing for the tree is to make sure you keep the, the water up this summer and fertilize. But if you have some, you know, wood that's really torn up, I would prune it out. The tree will grow back yeah. quickly.
10: Yeah. so basically of the trunk, I would say eight, probably 60% of the cambium layer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and And so... What are the prospects for this four-inch diameter Texas Avenue?
0: Well, they could be pretty good. I mean, as, as long as they have, they've stopped, okay, you know, then when you go where they're, where they're native in South Texas, the boars are native there as well. And when they have a drought, you know, they get in the trees and, and they'll eat them up there and they'll come back. You know, and they're a lot like a mesquite would be here along the river. If you go hike around the desert where the mesquites are, you'll see mesquites that have been eaten down to close to the ground, you know, and the boars have come through in one, and then they come back up from below that point. So, you know, you can do, if you want to keep the tree and use that same piece of wood in the trunk, you think the boars are out, you know, you can just make sure you keep it fertilized and well-watered this year, and it should grow back. Or you could take a screwdriver out now. It's supposed to be 85 this week, and the crop you'll be biting in Lake Pleasant, and you we could dig out a couple of those white worms if they are going <laughs> a crappie. Uh, crappie you know, head of boars.
10: That's a great idea. And I have a fish fry at the same time. <laughs> I uh the the uh I, I took out my screwdriver and I scraped, you know, all the bark off where the they had eaten mm-hmm. and I never found one. Uh but Will, is that a successful strategy in the summer? Can I actually dig them out?
0: Well, no, you really, what you don't want them to do in the summer is you don't want to get them started. And the tree's natural defense is to be happy and healthy. So you can prevent that by watering more this summer and fertilizing. So if you'll fertilize that tree in April, okay, and make sure that it gets good deep irrigation every couple weeks, it'll be immune to the pores. It can fight them off on its own
10: okay okay
0: and uh and uh, uh in a uh yeah as that- yeah, you can buy the bear make several different tree formulas like that. And they could be called grub control or bore control and all different kinds of things. And they all work systemically through the tree system the same way. But the tree's been fighting these boars for millions of years before the chemical ever showed up here. So the best yeah. the best defense is a happy tree, and a happy tree takes water. And a little fertilizer will help it recover this first year. Okay. Awesome.
10: Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Charles. Bye-bye.
0: Uh, let's see. Next up, we have uh, Jerry and Tolleson. Good morning, Jerry. Hey, Good morning. Good morning. Me again. Hi, Jerry. Uh,
4: hi. Uh, say uh, about these guaje trees. I don't think you have them in your nursery. Uh, I've never seen one in the nursery. What, what kind of tree is it, Jerry? Guaje.
0: Guaje. I'm not familiar okay. by that name.
4: Uh, okay, it's uh, I give it a nickname as Mexican bean tree. Okay. They grow wild,
0: <clears throat> like like guamuchi—that the one that they eat the beans on. Yeah, oh
4: guamuchi. Well, my neighbor calls it guache. Okay. Well, well he, he, the fruit at least is called guache. Uh-huh. They they use the beans, right? <clears throat> yeah. The beans, yeah.
0: Um, we sold we sold them off and on over the years. The problem is they were never popular enough to grow on a regular basis.
4: I know they can be a mess. Uh, I've seen it in very big ones mm-hmm. um i don't want to get mine get that big but uh, i keep it as a screen in my bag. and anyway yesterday i was cutting them back and the stalks are nice and straight and they fit them into my chipper and i had fun uh making moats
0: you know, well, i'm sure it worked pretty well Jerry, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to try to get one more caller before the break. Have a nice weekend, Jerry. Thanks for calling. Uh, Linda and Mesa. Good morning, Linda.
8: Hi, Brian. How are you doing today? Excellent. Uh, I, have another, I have a question on a lantana as well, but different. I have probably 10 all over my yard, some of them a long time. And every year, it's the leaves. Um, they get crunchy. I know something is eating them. And none of my other neighbors have this issue, and I've tried spraying soapy water, um, cutting the whole things back, but every year I seem to be infested with this. And wonder what else I could do. Flowers are fine; it's just the leaves.
0: Linda, let me ask you this: How how do you get, get me weeds growing in your yard?
8: I'm sorry, say that again. Do you have a
0: lot of weeds in your yard?
8: No, not at all. In fact, it's a lot of rock, and I have grass in the back, but
0: um, so weed, weedless. Why don't you have weeds?
8: Why don't I? Well, I go out and I pull the little little suckers. I don't tend to really get much. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm not in my yard every day, oh, so okay. they don't have it. So yeah. you you <laughs> haven't used
0: any chemicals to, to stop the weeds? No. Okay. Because sometimes when you see a burn like that in a leaf, there's some longer-term chemicals that can cause problems like that. Um, oh. Do you have many white flies?
8: Um, yeah, I know I have white flies. I mean, I see them off and
0: on. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll cause a lot of that damage as well.
8: And any way to stop that, um or maybe I'm just not getting to it early enough
0: well you you can spray for the white flies, and that'll help. You can spray soapy water or you can spray um you know with a systemic insecticide and and all those things can work on the white fly and okay, actually with, and, the, with the colder weather we've had this year, we might not have as many this year as we have in quite a while. oh yeah. that would be a nice switch, okay. All right,
8: I'll give I'll give that a shot and see if I can. And is there any time of year that we get white flies?
0: Yes, the white <laughs> fly populations are the largest in the summertime. So usually July, August, September, October, that's when we normally have the most. Linda, okay. I've got music starting, so I have to say goodbye, but thanks for your call. All right. Bye-bye. All
8: right, thank you so much.
0: And the music means it's time to say goodbye and find out what's happening in the news here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We'll be right back after the news. During the break, you can give uh, Julia a call at 602-277-5827. It's Brian G. here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR.